0: Hello there and welcome to Tech Radio in association with Fidelity Investments. We are the number one Irish tech podcast, bringing you news in tech from around Ireland and across the world every Friday evening on RT Radio or get it anytime you like with your favourite podcasting app. Fidelity Investments specialise in fintech innovation and are hiring for tech roles in Ireland right now. If you're an online worker or looking for that kind of freedom. You can find out more about it virtually join their team at fidelityinvestments.ie I'll give that address to you later. Uh, my name is Dusty Rhodes. This is episode 863. Joining me as always is our editor-in-chief uh, Niall Kitson. Niall, did you ever get the feeling you're being watched?
1: Every day in every way, Dusty. <laughs> every day in every way. I live in well, a city. city. I've, I've got CCTV on me most of the time. But here's the thing,
0: if the CCTV is looking at you, and let's imagine that there is police at the other end of the CCTV, all right, you would hope that they don't know who you are walking down the street.
1: This is sort of the thing, you would kind of hope that they would know who you are if you go missing. Oh, goodness, no. Or, you know, in, in the event that, that, you know, you're just going about your business, then you would hope that they don't know who you are.
0: Exactly. Day to day, they're looking at the screen, there's nothing there. You could be just anybody and that's the way it should be. All right. Yeah. And if something happens, well, then they can go back and they can have a look and they can see da, da, da. There was a really, really disturbing story coming out of the States at the moment uh, about a company called Clearview AI. Okay. And essentially, kind of what has happened is it's a it's a an Australian guy, right, who moved to the states, and he just wants to make money, all right. And he's tried a couple of things. He tried modeling. He tried something else. What he tried to he tried making an app where people could put uh, Donald Trump's yellow hair wig on pictures of their friends. This kind of rubbish, right? right? Okay,
1: high level stuff.
0: High level stuff, right? So he just wants to make money. The thing he's involved in now is clearview.ai, and this is what his website does. It goes to Facebook. It goes to Instagram. It goes to LinkedIn. It goes to any social website where you would have a profile and a picture of yourself Mm -hmm. with your name underneath it. Mm -hmm. Then he downloads that picture and your name and whatever other details you have there, and then he puts it into a database. Mm, Okay, And then that database then has got facial recognition technology applied to it. So then when they're looking at the CCTV camera of you walking innocently through uh, Temple Bar, it's able to match it up almost live and you're able to see, there's another kids walking down the road.
1: Okay, right. Here we go.
0: here All right, go, okay.
1: is, is what You know, I, know I love that. You know, I love a great conspiracy theory. Go on, hit me back. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we know there is predictably going to be two sides to the argument over here. Uh, on one side, uh, I imagine we will have law enforcement saying this has been a wonderful tool. It has helped us solve cases. It has led to the prevention of many crimes and helped us protect the public. Yeah. Yada yada yada. Correct. Right. And on the other side, you have millions, hundreds of millions, potentially billions of people for whom it has no relevance other than for profiling where you live, uh, what you do, where you're going on your holidays, what you look like. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a a total invasion of privacy, uh, contrary, uh, completely contrary to principles that we live under in Europe, specifically GDPR. Part of which is a company can only have your information if they have good reason to do so, if they have a valid commercial reason to do so, and most importantly, your consent. So this guy has gone around, scraped the internet for as much personal data. Now, when I say as much personal, okay. I mean, you you know, a picture and a name is often enough to get you, to get you started on a, uh, when it comes to identity theft. So, you know, he takes enough information to get started, uh, in, in identity theft, if even mm. that much is needed. Uh, and he is selling that for want of a better word expertise onto, uh, law enforcement. Uh, and as you say, this is something that the big tech giants that would sell their grandmothers if they weren't <laughs> if they weren't yo- so young that they don't have any that even they that- have pulled away from us
0: exactly I mean we had a Jeff Bezos, all right the richest man in the world, for a reason
1: mm-hmm.
0: as you say he would sell his grandmother probably. Um, I must look it up on Amazon to see if she's there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Old Mrs. <Yeah>. Bezos. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you, uh, he pulled back from it because uh, they have their own facial recognition uh, technology going on. And they said, no, we're not going to sell this. Uh, Google have pulled back from it as well. Um, it's it's like, but this guy, this is this is what I think is dangerous, right? Because this guy doesn't adhere to the rules. He is scraping those websites without permission and he's getting faces and names, he has, uh, part of his pitch is that he'll say, uh, look how many uh, photos that law enforcement have access to. And it's like a tiny amount. And then look at how many the FBI have access to. And it's kind of like, you know, slightly larger than a smaller, a small amount. And then he goes, and look how many we have, three billion. And it's like, woof, through the roof. Mm. Yeah, Because that's what he's done. And if that's what he's done and he's scraped it and he's flogging it to law enforcement, he's not only flogging it to law enforcement, he's saying literally, uh, he is giving it to uh, police officers to be able to use outside of law enforcement. Super and dodgy. He's to them, super dodgy. And he's saying to them, you try and convince your superiors to use this for 30 days. And if they like it, well, then then they can buy it. Mm. That's what he's doing. Now, if he's doing all that, he ain't gonna stop at law enforcement. He's also gonna sell it to, well, you know, whoever, open heart.
1: whoever, whoever. This is kind of the the, the the startup mentality uh, thing, and I'm not I'm not using this in a uh, in a pejorative sense. I don't mm. want to go Pff, startups. No, um, a startup <laughs> comes to a problem with the idea of how can we solve it, right? And mm. they they don't think about the ethical consequences of their solution. Right, so imagine yourself. You're a startup going. Do you know what law enforcement really have uh, an issue with facial recognition? Whether it's you know accuracy or uh, finding people or whatever. You know, I can provide a solution to this. Um, here you go. Never mind the fact that the data is obtained in a very unethical fashion, uh, without the consent of the individual. Um, the the business owner presents a solution. Um, never mind the ethics of its, uh, of its formulation.
0: Yeah, well, you see, I'm going to disagree with you there because you are absolutely correct when you say a startup finds a problem and then they come up with a solution, all right? However, in this case, is, the problem is that the kid behind this had no money. Yeah. <laughs> and his solution <laughs> is to steal information on people and sell it to the cops.
1: That, that reminds me of a, a, a very funny joke in a, a show called Superstore. Have you, have you seen this? Have you seen this show? It's, it's uh-huh. like a, a workplace comedy. It's on Netflix at the moment. It's actually very funny. And, um, at one stage there's, a. Uh, a tech company becomes involved and it's, it's run by, you know, very sort of young, fresh go-getters kind of a thing. And they, you know, in the background, they have a, a video running and you only get a few seconds of the video because it's sort of an introductory to, you know, here's tech company X and we're going to be your friends and all this sort of thing. And here's yeah. our, our great success story. And the video sort of starts and then it trails off in the background because you get the idea. that Okay, right. It's disingenuous tech company do, doing their thing. And you only really hear one line of the the official spiel. And it's, you know, CEO is introduced and she goes, I started with nothing but a seed loan from my father. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I, uh... It's oh like, it's there off. you go the myth
1: of the self made
0: man. man yeah yeah absolutely uh, so anyway yeah that, that, that's 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 a very 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 dodgy bot uh, if you're into conspiracy theories or privacy issues and stuff like that uh, do uh, just do some google searches on clearview.ai i mean you'll see the website uh, but you also pull up some uh, very interesting stories about the people behind it uh, and the people who are backing it one of them is a, is a former aide uh, to Donald Trump's lawyer rudolf giuliani
1: well, there and we it. all know Solid a vote of Confidence right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh,
0: one of the venture capitalists funding the whole thing uh, also made a, a pile of money out of venture capitalizing Facebook. Hey, hey. Big surprise. Yeah, yeah. Clearview.ai, have a gander at it. You mentioned uh, consent. Google are in trouble in Europe again. And this is only a, a quick aside uh, because they have uh, some kind of a code that goes with, I think it's your phone might be the Chrome browser or it might be your computer, but I think it's pretty much your phone. All right, mm-hmm. If you have an Android phone and the OS running on it has got an ID associated with it, and that ID will also track your advertising preferences or whatever it happens to be or what sites you're looking at or what you're interested in.
1: Oh, right. Is it it your phone's IMEI number or something like that? Oh, it's
0: not the IMEI number. No, it's a specific Google thing that they have internally, but it is tracking you and it is tracking you for advertising purposes. And of course, because it's built into the OS and it's baked in there, no consent. Mm. Not only is there no consent, there's no even informed nothing. Right. So uh, well, it's uh, Germany or France or, or one of the others is taking in the case. Uh, other big story of the week this week is LG. They LG. finally, finally said goodbye to the phone and they're going to concentrate on TVs and fridges.
1: Well, if you think about it, it's really unfortunate because, I I mean, you know, I, LG, when it came to smartphones, was the guy that you're glad is out there but wouldn't necessarily sit down with him and have a conversation and buy the guy a drink. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like some characters, no, you, you're just glad that they're out there doing their thing, even though you're, it you're doesn't a horrible benefit you. Human being. You're a horrible human
0: being for saying that. <laughs> he is, he's, he's LG is the kind of guy who I would happily go for a drink for, but I wouldn't go home with <laughs> or marry. Okay, right. <laughs> But certainly share an evening.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, LG, to me, are very like um, Philips, okay? right. Philips great company. They've been around for hundreds of years. But Philips are a real innovator. The amount of things that Philips have done first before anybody else is just crazy and the kind of things that they're in. But for some reason, Philips never really is successful with any of its inventions. It's always other people that are.
1: Mm, yeah. I don't
0: know what. And LG, I think, are the same because they've done some amazing phones in in, in their time. But the one that springs to mind is the uh, is the LG Prada, mm. which at the time was kind of oh, it was all very very fancy, and of course tied in with the Prada brand. Uh, but what made a difference was it had a touchscreen. Now this is before the iPhone came out.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: So LG were doing that and it was going, you're crazy. (laughs) Except Steve Jobs was going, ooh, Ooh, I'll have that. Ditch the wheel, we're going all screen. (laughs) Uh, That kind of stuff. And I thought like, you know, the LG Wing was the most recent uh, example of phone I can think of with them. And that's the one where the phone would flip. uh, The top half of the phone as you're holding it in your hand would flip 90 degrees. So it looked like you had the shape of a letter T in your Mm. hand. Yeah. And the top bar was all screen. And then you had a keyboard underneath that then. Mm. And again, like looking at it, you kind of go, that's kind of neat. And I possibly could see use for that maybe five years ago. Um, but it's an interesting idea. And it's the fact that LG were out there just throwing some interesting ideas into the world. That's what I'm going to miss about. bit.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I'm, they were losing money on phones for a long time. I think it was what mm-hmm. the last five years they, they've not been successful in the smartphone no. market. Uh, but I mean, you see other very large players not stick, not stick it out nearly that long. I mean, Panasonic uh, got into the smartphone market and decided very quickly that it just wasn't a space for them that yep. they, they'd pull out from it. Um, and, you know, Fair play to LG, giving giving it socks with design. I mean, yep, the mm. Prada and the Wing uh, were great ideas. And I think we are going to see, you know, I, th- I think maybe not the uh, the idea of dual screen phones is going to have its time. It's coming, right? Yeah. Even if it's just a, a niche in the market, it's coming. Um, yeah. And I think the Wing is an example of what can happen if you sit down and you think a little bit laterally about, ha ha ha. Uh, about what can we actually do with a second screen that maybe people haven't done before? Let's let's try mm. something a bit different. You know, let's have a landscape view without you ha- having to do that much. You know, well, mm. that's that's the kind of stuff I'm interested in seeing, and I I love seeing that kind of blue sky thing at the market. And you remember at uh, CES, they they had this sort of the the garage screen as well. Do you, do you remember you, I think you might have even explained it to me, it was sort of the, um, it, was, it was a roll-up screen. Do you remember? It, w- it was like you pulled it and it was transparent and... Uh, a garage screen is in like a garage door would yeah, roll exactly. down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's
0: what it means. yeah, You're the only person that I have uh, heard compare an $80,000 amazing huge smart screen TV to a garage door. Well, There you go. <laughs> I, wor- I worry about you now. I,
1: I say what I see. Oh, what can you say? I say what I see. But this is the sort of innovation that that I like seeing out of a company, and I like seeing companies mm. that that take risks that you know aren't Apple um, and aren't Samsung. Uh, I mean, LG is a, it's a strong brand, um, mm. and it's a it, you know okay. Reverting back to. White goods, household appliances, and televisions is fairly safe territory for them, and and fair enough. I mean, mean, their their televisions are excellent. I mean, LG will be fine. LG will be fine. fine. No doubt. It's just a shame that they're pulling away from from this particular market space.
0: One company who is getting back into the smartphone space is Sony. Now,
1: Sony is an interesting case. So it is. is interesting because they've always bobbled along. And I, I actually had the the opportunity years ago to talk to a guy who was one of the heads of Sony in Ireland, sort of previous. And uh, I asked him straight out. I said, look, Sony, excellent brand, excellent hardware. I mean, in, in the 80s, it was it was the default brand of quality. You know, Sony was to, is to the 80s, what Apple is to the, you know, the everything from the teens onwards you know um you know had a very solid devoted base they could charge a premium for things and uh, had excellent products i said like what what happened like um because sony is regarded as kind of a dry brand now you know people do people get you know excited about sony anymore i don't think so and he said you know we just we over diversified we over saturated the market with our brand And it just meant that it became that much harder to make our brand sort of um, create buzz around it because it was the next Sony thing and you knew it was going to be X good. And I think they've struggled with that ever since.
0: Well, they are coming out with a new Xperia device. uh, I mean, the rumor is it's going to have the big screens, the six and a half inches, the 4K OLED. Um, Interestingly, Sony were always very good with their cameras and the Cybershot cameras. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting one of those in there. And I'm also going to look out for the headphone jack. Mm -hmm. I think Sony will be just rock solid. It works, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, the launch is on uh, next Wednesday, 14th of April. No doubt it will be streamed on YouTube. And of course we keep you up to date on our website with that. But for now, uh, now thank you for the news and chatting about what's going on at the moment. Uh, Just to wrap up, just as we are talking about the news and how times are uncertain, your job doesn't have to be. Uh, Fidelity Investments, who I mentioned earlier, are hiring for tech roles in Ireland at the moment. You can apply now at fidelityinvestments.ie to virtually join a global leader in fintech innovation from the safety of your home. Their website again, (laughs) fidelityinvestments.ie. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Techies Go Green is an industry initiative designed to make businesses more aware of the climate crisis and what they can do to become carbon neutral or even carbon negative over time. During the week, Niall Kitson spoke to Data Solutions Group Managing Director and Techies Go Green founder Michael O'Hara. And he began by asking where the idea came from and how you can get involved.
2: Yeah, thanks, Niall. Uh, Techies go green. Uh, We relaunched it there in March, uh, just gone by, and uh, it really came about uh, in data solutions, we would have a CSR project every year. Uh, It's usually a charity and we'd have it for the year. And uh, uh, this time last year, we were looking at what is our new CSR project. And uh, at that time, we were just going into lockdown and we were all experiencing the wonderful benefits that lockdown was allowing us in terms of uh, uh, getting closer to nature and less flights and all that good stuff. Uh, but we also were becoming aware of how fragile we were with with COVID and uh, um, how fragile the environment was. And uh, on top of that, we were seeing targets coming out from likes of uh, Google and Microsoft and other uh, businesses around their sustainability uh, targets. So um, we decided we'd look into doing um, um, sustainability as our CSR. But actually, when we looked into it, we, we, we realized this is much bigger than a CSR. This is an existential issue. And uh, we decided we needed to do more. And we, in data solutions, as you mentioned, we're a distributor. And we're actually 30 years up and running this year. And we've launched many a product and hundreds of technologies over that time. So we found we felt we were well-placed to push and launch the idea of sustainability within the channel and uh, within the IT industry. And that's really where uh, Techies Go Green came from. It's probably our most important launch. It is our most important launch. We'll ever do. One of the things, when
1: it comes to looking at the involvement in industry, is the accusation that something is just an exercise in greenwashing—that it's it's associating yourself with a a particularly worthy cause just just for the kudos, without sort of delivering much in terms of uh, you know actual tangible benefits. So, how do you combat that uh, that perception?
2: Yeah, uh, that that's very true, and really, it has to be um, real and measurable actions that, that uh, any business and any person uh, takes and uh, i suppose uh, what we do in techies go green uh, we invite members from the it industry to join us and at this stage we have over 30 members and by the end of june next we'll have over a hundred and uh, from talking to, to members they it's it's just amazing the buy-in that we're getting from businesses and business owners and they they want to help and uh, some of them have already gone down the road to becoming carbon neutral and doing some really good stuff and some of them are really starting on that journey and uh what we what we want them to do is ideally to be, make their business carbon neutral and and, and have that measurable you know, with science based uh, um targets and results uh, rather than just buying offsets um, and a lot of those offsets aren't necessarily very, very useful in reality. But get them started on the journey is what we want them to do. and Maybe take some actions now uh, and ultimately maybe over the next three years to make their business carbon neutral.
1: We're looking at that first point there of measurability. Uh, did you find uh, anything particularly alarming about the state of the industry at large when people sat down to look at their companies and, you know, have a look at their carbon footprint and, and go, do you, do you know what, we actually have a, a much bigger problem here than we thought we did?
2: Well, the first thing I'd say, Niall, is that actually when you start to look, and uh, you know, I want to do something sustainable and you start to look at what you can do, there is just a wall of information out there, <clears throat> and I actually think that's a bit of a deterrent because you don't know where to start, and it kind of it puts you off a bit. So uh, we engaged a uh, sustainability consultant and data solutions on our journey uh, to be carbon neutral, and uh, uh, and we 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 soon came to the decision that the first thing you need to do is to measure your your own. Uh, carbon footprint and when you do that you actually can see the various areas within your business that you're burning carbon and then you can actually tackle each one individually and and uh, say get on that journey
1: Part of an awful lot of uh, companies uh, and advocates within companies uh look for is trying to convince sort of people at the at the management level that something is a really good idea, to which the, the answer invariably comes back is show me the money. So uh, I suppose where does one start in that journey of convincing one's manager or one's peers that something is important, but using fairly I I guess what you call low-hanging fruit or low to
2: no cost measures. Yeah. Okay. A couple of points on that. And I'd say, uh, first of all, uh, this is an existential issue and we have 10 short years to really make a difference here. And people need to understand that. Um, And there's no point in maximizing salaries or maximizing business profits if we end up with a planet that none of us can live in. And then, uh, you know, I suppose looking at uh, quick wins, a very simple and quick win that a business can do is to move if they haven't already done so to a uh, um recognize a renewable electricity provider rather than um your traditional uh, electricity uh, provider who isn't who isn't uh, guaranteeing um green electricity and, and, you know, and then I think you build awareness, maybe you turn off the heating uh, uh, earlier in the evening or turn it down a degree, um, you know, and, and just uh, start thinking um, in those, uh, in, in that mindset uh, and they all can make uh, a difference. That idea of,
1: uh, you know, sort of procurement of of choosing one service providers, have have you found that, um, you know, companies are becoming more receptive to the idea of let's not go for price. Let's look at where our electricity is actually coming from. Let's start looking at what's happening at the back end. You know, is a company bloated, what technologies are using, et cetera?
2: Yeah, uh, actually on the electricity front, uh, the renewable electricity and the cost of it has come down so much in the last four or five years that actually uh, going for a renewable electricity provider it, it can be cheaper than your like legacy provider
1: so uh, i suppose then once you're looking beyond sort of the the companies that you're working with maybe you look at your own processes as well as as you know you, you were alluding to there you know turning off the heating that little bit earlier but you've also got business processes like getting people out on the road getting people out to meetings and covid i i as you alluded to earlier, has been a pretty interesting moment uh, for looking at these things. When all of this is over and we have, you know, a new normal, how do you see your sales teams, for example, uh, back working? Do you think they'll be working on the road as a matter of process, or do you think you'll be reevaluating and going, do you, do you know what, Zoom is actually a pretty good viable long-term solution?
2: I think absolutely, Nile And um, we're now well over a year into into the pandemic and into our third third uh, lockdown here, and uh, we've all got used to having to work from home. and And technology has been a bit of a hero there in helping uh, businesses to to allow people to work from home successfully, and it has been uh, successful. And um, uh, you know. I th- I think it takes to say about three weeks to create a new habit, so we've had over a year of it, and it has proved successful. And uh, there's a lot to be said from working from home, and the the lack of commute and um, the, you know the the um, home comforts. But uh, there is, I do believe, there's a need to uh, meet up in the office for serendipity for. Um, Mental health reasons and um, and and, and uh, for various meetings that, that work better when you meet up in person. So I think um, certainly the technology uh, allows uh, for home working, and it works. Uh, so I think it will be a hybrid approach, maybe two, three days in the office and the rest uh, working from home. So if somebody
1: wants to get involved in Techies Go Green, how do they do it?
2: Yeah, uh, quite simply, uh, if to go to techiesgo techiesgogreen.com and um, there's a link there to, to join or contact us in Data Solutions and we'd be delighted to, to talk to them. And that was Niall
0: Kitson chatting with Michael O'Hara, the founder of Techies Go Green and also the managing director of the Data Solutions Group. That's it for our show for this week. Do remember, you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters, and more at our website which is techcentral.ie and of course you can listen to us each week online or Fridays with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time from myself, Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com
1: Tech Central.